When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. I have to tell you, looking out this morning at that weather, you would have to be forgiven for thinking that Niffet were now also in charge of the weather forecast. I mean, look out at that. That is foul with the week to Christmas. Absolutely foul. But good morning anyway. 1850-715-996 the number, the text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696 your email, opinion at 96fm.ie Coming up a little bit later on do you remember this sound and what it meant? You heard that sound on the television and you ran in because there was something coming on, do you remember? Of course you remember it's back. They've rebooted it or rebooting it for 2021. Should they be leaving it alone or just bringing it back? But it's back anyway. We'll talk about that later on. And we'd also want to know why we do that. Is there a particular show from days gone by that you would love to see brought back? Uh, mind you, some of the ones they have brought back haven't necessarily been as good as the original. But we'll see. That's uh, a little bit later on this morning but first uh, we we were all set to be kind of released from level 3 today until the 6th of January when we could travel into county we could have more people in our homes once we followed all of the necessary precautions and all of that and it's not looking so good, is it? Last night in Cork, we had 40 cases reported. We only had seven. It was kind of our average for the last few days. We had 40 last night. And remember, these cases were, as they call it, seeded probably in the first week or in the second week of December. So the numbers are not going well. And the T-shirt was on the 6-1 News last evening, and he... Just sounded the warning that we might not have the freedom we had hoped at Christmas. People have put up with a lot. People have been fantastic. So we felt people did deserve a break for the month of December. And we said people would have a meaningful Christmas. And they will, which will mean that they will be able to go back uh, to their homes. Uh, the intercounty uh, prohibition will, will, will be removed. But uh, I did speak to the CMO today. Uh, and uh, NEFIT will be recommending to government 
that we would bring in restrictions before the end of the year. That, in other words, the anticipated period of going from tomorrow to the 6th of January would be shortened. I haven't seen the full correspondence from Neffet, but the CMO was anxious to give me a heads up, uh, given his concern. That's Michal Martin on 6-1. By the way, Michal Martin had a COVID test himself yesterday and in the miraculous way that only politicians can get. He got his result back in a couple of hours. He, following Emmanuel Macron in France, getting the positive result yesterday, Michal Martin, of course, had met him recently and had been in quite an amount of contact with him for a couple of hours, long meeting. So he got tested. He's negative. He got tested and turned over in a couple of hours. Then at nine o'clock, or after nine o'clock, uh, Leo Varadkar was on prime time. Tonishta, and business minister, was on prime time. And he maybe added a little bit more meat to what the Taoiseach had been saying on 6 1. The difficulty is, is that the numbers have started rising again, um, uh, particularly in the last couple of days. Uh, the number of people uh, who um, have been tested positive for COVID in the last seven days is 25% higher than the previous seven days, uh, and also the positivity rate is rising too. So that is a cause for concern uh, and a cause for alarm. Uh, so what NEFID is recommending is that we should reimpose some restrictions um, in between Christmas and, and New Year's, not getting to the 6th of January, which is what we okay. hoped. The kind of restrictions we be um, thinking about imposing uh, at a point between Christmas and New Year's uh, would be restrictions on hospitality, essentially closing hospitality again, uh, and limiting um, visits to visits of one household to another household, but not a total ban on household visits. So hospitality likely to close or be reduced to takeaway again. And the further rumour <clears throat> around this morning now is that it'll be around the 30th of December, so New Year's could be written off for the sector. Paul Montgomery's on at Clancy's. Monty, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Depressing old news. Yeah, well, I suppose we heard that last night and um, I was just inside of work and when, um, when people were talking about it and um, I was much more preferring to be talking about how well people, you know, are running their businesses that are open at the moment yeah. and doing all the right things, you know, and I think that's the first thing that is worth talking about this morning that, you know, there's you know, there has been general, I know in our own place in Titan County that there's been a lot of compliments on, on the way things have been run and people are feeling very safe and very happy both indoors and in our outdoor section in the roof. And that's the most positive thing, you know. I mean, that's really positive and that's where people are happy and, mm. and people are people are happy. But like, well, at the same time, I, Paul, we know that not everybody's doing it. There's enough anecdotal information out there now to tell us that there are lock-ins and there are people not being asked to observe the rules and it's the guy the good guys like you will pay for their actions yeah well i i i actually you know i i'm not aware of those things but i don't doubt you PJ, what you say that there you know there are people always only for to land me up the steps of the district court paul i give you yeah. a list yeah and i and 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 shame on shame on those who have to continually misbehave and shame on them but in general, the amount of venues that are open are small. Anyway, you haven't, we don't have a huge amount of venues in, in, in the city open and in the country. So, you know, the, the places that, that I'm, a lot of the places I'm aware of around them, right? And look, at, I can only speak for ourselves. And I know that we're doing the very best we can. And, you know, we don't have an issue. Both our staff and our customers are very, are very happy with the way things are. And that's a positive, you know. Yes, and, in, a, in, a, in a negative news morning about that but I mean it's no surprise to anybody you know in Cork or in the country that the CMO or that any of the 
medical advice. I mean, you, you just have to go back to a couple of short weeks ago before we reopened, just two weeks ago today, and the CMO didn't want hospitality reopened. They didn't want it going past level three. And like so, so we knew we were on a wing and a prayer to even get open two weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, we're, number one, we're grateful to be open and we're grateful to be trading for as long as we can. But, you know, I was always fearful that, and it's not any one industry's fault. I mean, hospitality would be highlighted, but I mean, the thickest person in the country would realize that if you're, if there's thousands and thousands of people coming into the country on a daily basis from every other country in the world where there's high infection rates, that we are going to have high numbers, right? Mm, but there and aren't thousands and thousands of people coming in every day. There are. I mean, no, there aren't. No, there aren't. But, no, there aren't. But, but, and the, but, but, the airports are reporting their lowest Christmas traffic of all time. PJ, there was before, during the last lockdown, there was 4,000 people a day coming into Dublin Airport. That's thousands in my book. That's over 20,000 people a week alone coming into Dublin Airport. And, you know, there's nobody coming in that are isolating or, like, you you take New Zealand and a lot of other countries and Thailand, that are COVID-free. You you, you fly into those countries, you have to go into a hotel room for two weeks. So therefore, life is normal in those countries, right? So, you know, it it, it isn't a constant case of yo-yoing and locking down, but there seems to be no commentary about that whatsoever. So, you know, everyone is afraid of COVID. Well, there has been commentary in that the the zero COVID uh, strategy, as has been used in New Zealand and has been used in many states in Australia, yeah, and has been used in other parts of the world. Michal Martin has ruled it out. He said it can't be done. Yeah. Well, now, despite well, being surrounded by people who say we could, he yeah. still said it can't be done. Well, I don't know the reasons why it can't be done, and obviously it's the borders. It's, 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 it's our issue with Northern Ireland. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously the, the main issue, and people, I'm just saying people, the common say there's no commentary, people don't want to talk about it, and they don't want to deal with that. So the, the handiest thing to do is to shut down, you know, I mean, we have to listen to health advice and the handiest thing to do is to shut down hospitality and shut down in, in, in the industry, you know. But yeah. the, other, the, the other point as well is that in, in, the, in the round, PJ, you, you, you don't have a lot of people affected by the next shutdown, the shutdown that there's about 10 or 15% of the working people in the country actually affected in terms of their wages and salaries, which is, which is in our industry. I mean, most, most other people, all public, all public servants, all, um, most of the industry, construction, everything else, they're not affected. You know, I mean, people are allowed, I spoke to one of our customers last night, he made the point 90% of people can trundle along, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be affected, they might be discommoded a bit about, about not travelling from one country to another, yeah. or county to another. But in general, most people are getting their wages every week, and most people are earning every week, you know. It's only one or two sectors, and it's it's easy to highlight and say that all oh, bad ventilation, and you know you shouldn't go into canteens and you shouldn't go into other venues, restaurants, because you know it's it's promoting social gathering. But you know, I, I look at I don't I don't I don't buy into it. I do buy into the fact that you know government have to make decisions, and you know they're in a difficult position. They have to they have to listen to yeah. the degree to what the CMO is saying, but. I, I think as long as we have international travel in most of the country, we are going to have COVID for as long well, as there, we have There's a lot of people would agree with that, and, and thanks for this. I think it's Terry put this stat up on the screen. There was a, a US journalist in the Sunday World last week um, said that the 
planes back to Ireland, those that are there are packed with people coming yeah. home for the Christmas. And, and yeah, indeed, sure. you know, that, that's true. And there are planes coming in from, well, if you had Cork alone, there's only two flights a day into Cork at the moment. There will be five by the middle of next week. And the planes will be busy. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, Would you like to yeah. shut that down completely, Paul? I, well, you know, it, it, it's I, I'm, you know, you, you're I, I'm reacting from say from where I'm coming from, yes, from, from being in business, right? And I'm looking at what countries are doing that are I'm looking on a Saturday morning and they have rugby matches on. And yeah, in Australia, same as me, stadium, same as me. I'm watching right? those matches too. Yeah, yeah. So, so like you know, they they have they you know so like it's it's awkward for people who are who are you know who are away, right? But if if we really want to keep COVID out of the country, we're a small island. It was so easy to to do that. But you know, I don't obviously there's, there's politics to do with the border. But surely we could get together with Northern Ireland to stop this. And everyone in this country, then the island. What, of you're, what you're saying effectively, Paul, is that back in the day when Jerry Killeen on this program and Tomas Ryan on this program and Anthony Staines and one or two others all said we could and we should drive for a zero COVID. Yeah. Maybe we should have been listening to those people. Well, only if we shut our borders. That was the only way to do it. And, and I mean, we've, we're only a population, a small population, no different to New Zealand, no different. I mean, look, look at what Thailand have achieved. You can't windows. So many people that I know, the families, they do an annual Christmas trip and they spend a month out in Thailand the same year. And like, Nobody can be out of silence. Just nobody. So that's it, you know. Yeah. And like so. And, so I spoke and to Sonia Sullivan on this program, Paul, only a few weeks right. ago. And as you know, now she lives in Australia most of the time. Yeah. But yeah. she she flew into, I think it was Brisbane, and, and she had to uh, go into a hotel for two yeah. for two whole weeks, even though she lives and is an Australian citizen. She had to go in there for two whole weeks. There you go. But yeah. when she came out, life was normal. Yeah. And that's that's because we 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 know we know what the difference is between you know um, what they are doing and what we are doing, and we're just paying price now for for not having any and can't have restrictions, and we can't we can mention the dirty word of of um, of an all Ireland um, you know ban and travel and to try and keep to try and keep the country COVID free because. The political issue with the North is is far greater well, well, than, than than dealing with. Well, you know, know what, Niall Conroy, uh, the man we've t- spoken to on this program a number of times, and he he listens frequently in New Zealand. So, good morning or good evening, or yeah. in Queensland rather, good morning or good evening, Niall, if you're listening. He said, "Look, can we not even try to do something?" Yeah. And we haven't even tried. And, I, and this is the thing, and I'm going to call this out, and any political head who wants to ring me and argue with me, we haven't even tried the idea of, of no. locking down the country, ports no. and airports. We haven't even looked at it as a possibility, and, and, and that's it. And what I'm hearing here, Paul, is what I'm hearing here is a senior Cork businessman saying, we now need to think about that. Am I, am I correct? Well... Why couldn't we do it? Like, wouldn't it be an awful lot cheaper for our country rather than spending the billions? I mean, I, I said in your program before, there was outrage at one and a half billion being spent on a children's hospital, which was badly needed in the country. We are flittering away billions now, like confetti at the moment. And if we had closed down our borders months ago, we would be living now in a country that we'd have freedom to move, we'd have freedom to go to school, to socialise, our colleges and universities would be open. I mean, I, I, 
like it is what it is now, you know. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure the the, the, the horse is bored at this stage, and it, it's not going to happen. But when when I wake up this morning hearing about that we're possibly going to be shut down again, but I, I'm not listening to that because I know the government still have to make their decision, and all we can do is hope that you know, like we know, right? You know, and we know that those whatever only a handful of cases in hospitals in Cork at the moment you know you're into under 10 in, in the hospitals I think or the 14 yes. hospitals so it's that's not, great for now it, it, it is good for now but in general the nurses and doctors who are who, who I meet who are out for their dinners will say that the hospitals are not under pressure at any level and obviously there's less flus and colds around people washing their hands you know there's less people in general there's less issues to be judged with so that's a good news story this morning you know and I'm not sure if that's it's obviously not the case in Northern Ireland, but in generally in the Republic of Ireland in 26 counties, it appears that the hospitals, I, I, we don't hear yeah. many people from the hospitals on the radios or televisions, but, but it's probably a good most of, them, most of them don't, most of them don't speak. Paul, I'm going to move because I've one or two more people that I need to talk to. Paul Montgomery from Clancy's, thank you very much. And I, I really feel for guys like you who have been doing everything they can uh, to stay within the rules and there now looks like they're going to be suffering again before the end of 2020. Let me go to Tracy. Good morning, Tracy. Hi. At, at Lemon Hi. Lemon Lemon Leaf Cafe. Your thoughts? Hi, DJ. How are you this morning? Not too bad. I, I think I'm probably feeling better than most people in your industry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 look. It's it was tough, obviously, at the beginning, and it just sometimes it just feels like it's just getting tougher and tougher. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. Um. You're you're opening. You're closing. You're opening. You're closing. Um. It's very hard to know. You know, and particularly now, you know, um, it's just such a, it's just such a short time. Another thing that we're, you know, there's a good chance that we'll be closing again, and yeah, it's 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 soul destroying, you know. Yeah, yeah. soul destroying yeah, is a very worrying. good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, and very worrying. And look, you know, everybody is sort of, everybody's a little bit different. We're all, you know, we're we're. You know, we're we're all we're all in the same kind of ocean, let's say, but we're all kind of paddling around in different boats. You know. Yes. So, you know, um, I found look for us. You know, our street in particular, we have a lot of restaurants in our street. The street would be um, was quieter in general. Where you know, and it is a small town, even you know, and you know, we're not we're not sort of on a a, a kind of a crossroads and stuff. So. That you know, with takeaway and stuff, we made a decision, um, second time round, just not to do the takeaway, you know, and just to stay closed, you know. And look, we are just hoping that we're going to have, you know, that it is going to be busy, you know. So, um, well, here's hoping that for the few days that are left up to the Christmas and over the Christmas period itself, that you can trade safely uh, and as safely as possible. That's Tracy from Lemon Leaf. I, I'm sorry, I need to fly because I've got to get. Thank you, Tracy. I've got to get to Michael Donovan from the, the Cork Vintners or the Cork branch of the Vintners Federation. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Peter. Your members, your, your members were saying, accusing um, Neffet last night of of targeting them. Yeah, look, I suppose this morning, look, last night, I suppose around uh, nine o'clock, half past nine, I started getting telephone calls and uh, I think frustration was the main thing that was coming in from uh, from everybody. Um, they feel like, again, that they're being the ones singled out uh, from the Taoiseach on the six o'clock news, again, from the Neffet press conference around seven o'clock and Leo Varadkar again after that. So, like, uh, the finger has been pointed directly at hospitality, which is unfortunate, but... I think, look, 
uh, following on from what Paul said there, we, as of last Tuesday morning, I had, uh, from our count, I think there was only 48 bars across the, the entire city that are open. Mm. Very, very small number. Uh, we've been working with them really closely on guidelines and working with the Gardaí. And look, um, you say there that you've heard of uh, stories coming from them. Look, I've heard of stories, and I can say one or two of the stories categorically aren't true because I've seen CCTV from members that have said, look, this didn't happen, even though there's stories going around. Um, some of them, I will hold my hands up, are probably true, but I can't say for, for certain that they are. Mm. Um, but have you issued advice as an organisation? We have. Look, we've issued guidelines. We've followed up with uh, Zoom meetings and, look, we've asked them all to comply with the guidelines. We've told them, you know, that they need to. And to be fair, PJ, the vast majority of them have. And look, the the, the, the surveillance uh, uh, graph came out the other day and uh, from the HSE. And for the first uh, eight days of opening, there was no clusters uh, reported um, from, you know, gastropubs, any hospitality. And then to hear... The Taoiseach mm. saying it last night is... Uh, is I that the chart that's being pushed around on Twitter by a few of your members? Yeah, it is. that chart has no basis. There's no use. To, that that chart proves nothing. But it's, it's in, the way the, in the way the disease works, that chart proves nothing. But PJ, we asked the HSE back during the summer and the government to give us data to back up what they're, 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 uh, they're saying. That's the data that they've given us. That's the only data that they supply us on a weekly basis with. And, you know, last night again, the Taoiseach and, and the Chief Medical Officer mm. are talking... But that, you see, it doesn't stand up because what? of the way we contact Trace, Michael. Yeah, but we're asking them to give us the data. That's the only data that they're supplying us yeah. with. Like, when, I, and, that's, and, that's, and that's between yourselves and themselves. But this yeah. chart that was put, being put out to say, oh, there were no cases related to pubs, there were no cases, there were, there were no clusters related to, to restaurants. You see, if, if you and I meet tonight in, 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 in a bar... Uh, and you have COVID, you're asymptomatic, you, you pass it on to me. Well, I will begin to feel ill maybe in the middle of next week, maybe Christmas Eve, maybe maybe the Wednesday. And then I will get a test done, maybe Christmas Eve. I will get my results, maybe Stevens's Day. The contact tracing will go back to the 23rd. They won't even look at me meeting you tonight in a pub. So it doesn't work that way. Look, that, that that's very true, uh, PJ, possibly, but they're not giving us that data from yeah. from anything. All we're asking them, and we've been continuously asking them, is give us the data. And, like, we're here now sitting with members that are, look, they're panicked, they're stressed uh, to, uh, last night and this morning because uh, they're not going to give us a final decision until next Tuesday. Yeah. Next Tuesday is probably too late, PJ, because... That, that's true. That, uh, like, Alan Kelly of the Labour Party was calling last night for Cabinet to meet and discuss this today. Yeah, or, or look, many of my members here in Cork and across the country, the orders are going in today and tomorrow um, because deliveries are rolling Saturday, yes. Yes. Monday and Tuesday. So pubs... Uh, any anybody that's in hospitality will be stocking up because yes. our delivery services are winding down Wednesday. Yes. There's no that's deliveries. Right. Christmas week, things stop. Yeah, yeah, and like Saturday and Sunday, there's no deliveries, so they need to stock up and yeah. like to just. No, listen. Let, let me. I, I've said this to you before, and you and I have had a few lively conversations on this. Now, I feel desperately sorry for people in in your position. I absolutely do, and and I think it's terrible. For my own part, I have a table booked tonight. With, with two close friends and, and for a bit of dinner and a couple of points, I probably won't see them again until until January or beyond. And and I know where I'm going. They've been very compliant. I'm happy to keep that booking. You know, I, and I don't want 
to be to have that taken from me either that I can't do that. You know? Yeah, look, PJ, I'm in the same boat. I've two of my college friends. We're meeting up Sunday night. We're going out at nine o'clock for uh, fight to eat, two or three drinks. We'll be home again at quarter to twelve, you could say. And like, I I want to keep that. And like, I haven't met them since last December. We haven't yeah. been out uh, in a year. Um, and like I, I myself personally have only been out maybe three times I think since March. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, everybody's taking precautions, and I think the bars that are open now are really, really following it um, to the letter of the law as much as as possible. And the, and the, the public are working superbly with them. That's the feedback that I'm getting from all our members. And like, it's just so frustrating to be sitting here now this morning. Um, dealing with this again, it's just like deja vu back again. And like, I think something has to change because we cannot keep going doing this because like, pubs won't survive. It's just the bottom line. Would you it. agree with, with, with Paul then, lastly and briefly, that perhaps it is time to go back and listen to the likes of Jerry Killeen and listen to the likes of, of Tomás Ryan and shut the airports and shut the ports and shut us off for a month? Well, PJ, all I can say is what we're doing now is not working because we're just going from post to pillar, it just yeah. seems, every six weeks at the moment. And, like, uh, and bearing in mind Northern Ireland going into a lockdown and a curfew from Stevens's day. Yeah, but look, PJ, when we were closed back in March, April, numbers went really down. Like when we closed, you could say, in October, it probably wasn't to the same extent. And like here we are now again, yeah. it just seems to, as I said, de- deja vu again. Very much. Like uh, I think we've, we may have missed the boat. Hopefully the, the vaccine will get here as soon as possible because I think it, it now looks like it's the only way out of this. It does, doesn't it? Thank you, Michael, for that. I know you've got other meetings and other, other calls to take. Michael Donovan from the Cork branch of the Vintners Federation. And yes, I do have a table book tonight and I would be horrified if I can't do, I, I don't want, you know, that's that's how it is. Phil says, zero COVID-19 outbreaks have been traced back to restaurants, gastropubs, hotels or cafes in the last two weeks. Zero. But once again, Neffet are going for the soft target and recommending the closure of hospitality with no scientific proof. Time for mass non-compliance by the hospitality industry. They're actually going against their own findings from their own contact tracing. Again, the government blaming hospitality. We do everything right. Government need to cop on. Phil, that table that was going around last night, and I, I take it that is the only data being supplied by the HSE to Michael O'Donovan. And that leaves you very poorly informed in the opinion of anyone who reads up a bit on the science and how we do the contract tracing. If I meet you, Phil, tonight in a pub and you or one or other of us has the virus and passes it to the other, then it'll be four or five days before any symptoms display themselves, which is the middle of next week. Then it'll take a day or maybe two days to get a test. Then another day and a half to get a result. If I'm positive, say Stevens's day, they go back two days, three at the most. So the fact that I met you tonight won't even come into it. So we're not contact tracing back far enough for that to be absolutely reliable with regard to pubs and restaurants. That's the simple science of it all. Kate is in favour of restaurants staying open. She says it's a disgrace that Tony Holohan would want to close them again. She said it would encourage people to drink and eat in houses if they're closed. She says they've been wonderful and they're doing everything to be careful. Please keep them open. I wish they could, Kate. I hope they can. Eugene, we need to get real. Cases are going the wrong way. If it were me, I'd go for what people term zero COVID. The government seems to like this in and out of lockdown thing.
Kev, oh sweet Jesus, if in doubt, blame Johnny Foreigner. This is all about going from 5 to 3 and everyone relaxed. At level 5, the numbers dramatically fell. And if it wasn't December, we'd have stayed there. But everyone wanted it relaxed. Well, there's a cost to that. And on WhatsApp, everyone knows from day one it's young people hanging around in groups and having parties that don't give a damn. Also, schools nationwide are spreading COVID at an alarming level. The older population are doing their best. 1850 715 I'm interested, I'm, I'm sensing though, in the business sector that we're talking to this morning, that maybe we should turn back to the likes of Jerry Killeen and Tomas Ryan and Anthony Staines and one or two others who said, you know what? We could go to zero. Now, Conroy, we could go to zero. Could we not even try to go to zero? Why not just try it? Because everything we're doing so far isn't working. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, a family member of mine works in a gastro pub, PJ, and late into the evening, once people have a few drinks in them, all inhibitions go out the window. And people from different tables are mixing with masks off, etc. Also, some, though not all, pubs flout, are flouting the law and not enforcing the one hour 45 minutes or the purchased meal rules. On text, with the amount of cases being reported in schools, which is way higher than any pub or restaurant, why isn't there talk of shutting schools the same way as they're talking about the hospitality sector? Why are the government afraid to close schools? Well, whatever you say about fear... There's no one wants to close schools. No government wants to close schools. In the north, they're imposing a six-week lockdown from Stevens's day. And for the first week of that, there will be a curfew. There will be a curfew, lads. Like, a curfew where everyone's got to be in off the streets by 8 o'clock. About the COVID-19, a radical solution could be to close the airports and seaports to people, except for truck drivers, etc. It's a tough decision, but a necessary one. And Kieran says, hey PJ, just in, Paul, just Paul Montgomery's point about closing the airports or forcing people to stay in certain hotels. Thailand and New Zealand are, aren't part of a single market. Unless the 27 countries agree, Ireland can't do anything which restricts travel. That's not the Irish government's fault. That's not true, Kieran. With regard to the ports and airports, perhaps. But you could force people to, to go into a hotel. You absolutely could. If you had the cajones to do it. With big City West, massive hotel complex, you could easily fo- make it mandatory to enter the country to put someone into a hotel for seven days. You could do it quite easily. We have three or four major hotels here in Cork, empty at the moment, including two on the airport campus. Mandatorily quarantine everybody in one of those hotels for two weeks. You could, of course, do it if you wanted to do it. 1850 715 996. Don't coming up after 10 on a much lighter note. You remember that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It was a great fun show, and it was it's one of the hits of the 90s, Saved by the Bell. Daft. Daft, but great fun. It's coming back. They've uh, rebooted it, and the original characters will be appearing, but obviously, and the original actors, but they're obviously 
grown-ups now. Uh, so they'll be rep- appearing in the show as grown-ups. Keep the link to the old series. But we'll be talking a bit about that a little bit later on. But I also want to know, is there a show that you miss desperately that you'd love to bring back? Either rebooted or doing it the original way. I'll give you one for nothing to start. Melrose Place. I used to love Melrose Place. That was absolutely brilliant. Imagine having an apartment block with a swimming pool right in the middle of it. Melrose Place. Let's bring back Melrose Place. Give a couple more of them in a minute. Give you a few more suggestions, all right? 1850. Knott's Landing is another one. I didn't like Knott's Landing. Very poor, very poor spin-off. I, I didn't like Knott's Landing. But when they, when they brought Dallas back, that was brilliant. That was brilliant when they brought Dallas back. We might try Flamingo Road again. Remember Flamingo Road? Try that one again. That was great. So we'll talk a bit about that after 10 o'clock to lighten the mood for a Friday. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. Pat wants to know who would pay for the seven-day restrictions PJ is going on about. People forced to stay in hotels when they land. Uh, sorry, Pat. The person who's travelling pays for the hotel. The taxpayer? No, I wouldn't impose that on the taxpayer. They did that in Australia at the very start. They realised, no, this is costing the taxpayer an absolute fortune. But if you want to come into Brisbane, or if you want to come into Melbourne, or if you want to fly into any part of it, you pay. But when Paul O'Brien went back to China, remember we were chatting to him uh, on the phone a few weeks ago, he was quarantining in a hotel in China. He was paying for that himself. If you want to fly, you pay. Simple as that. I'm not looking for the taxpayer to pay because the taxpayer pad is you and me. And if you want to come over here and, and spend time here, then that's fine. You're more than welcome. But stay seven days in a hotel first and you'll be paying for it, not me. Bernie says the restaurants are an easy target. Bernie isn't sure why they go after them. The schools should have been closed during Level 5, and if they had been, we'd be having a longer Christmas. International travel should have been stopped during Level 5 too. Hall Martin shouldn't also have left the matches go ahead. He's always crucifying the same people. Close the schools, stop the matches, and close the borders. It's a, it's a thought. It's a thought. I was in a city centre pub and restaurant. I felt safer there than I did in the shops. My daughter was there also. I only knew she was in there because I saw her when she went to the ladies as she passed by my table. She was only sitting a few feet from me. 1850 715 Have a think about television shows that you'd like to see back. Like I had a couple more thoughts there. Hill Street Blues would be great. Blake Seven. Yeah, I know. It was crap the first time. It'd be even more fun now. Murder One was a great show in the 90s. I remember after we got married, we used to watch that on a Monday night. Murder One and, and uh, Flingro Dynasty, you could do. I'd like to get a few more from you after 10. But the lovely story in the Echo in the last few days of a Cork woman called Victoria Shorten uh, who has adopted a new baby called Luke. Now, Victoria is from Mallow. She's a jewellery designer. And she really hit the headlines a few years ago when her jewellery designs were spotted and worn 
by Lady Gaga. And she moved to the US a number of weeks ago to pursue her business. And she put up herself and her husband applied to become adoptive parents. And just a few weeks ago, they adopted baby Luke. And I've been catching up with Victoria. Victoria, great to talk to you and, and good to have you here on, on Zoom with me. How did Luke's adoption come about? When did you first think about adoption? Well, it was it came about um, at the beginning of the year, probably just as the coronavirus hit. Um, we have one child, he's four, his name is Jack. And, uh, you know, we were having a little difficulty uh, having a second child and we thought we may look at the adoption route and just see how it goes. And it ended up, you know, when something is right, it just ends up going really, really fast. So between the Zoom, because of the COVID and everything, we were able to talk to the social workers and become, you know, qualified as an adoption uh, family a little bit early on, probably around June or July, uh, that happened. Is that a difficult process? A very long and difficult process. You know, there's not only background checks, but you have to spend, you know, over 18 hours with the social worker um, and your son as well. They have to make sure that, you know, you know, your son wants uh, a brother or a sister and, you know, that your house is equipped and safe and that you are good people and that you can, you know, afford it and manage it and all of that sort of stuff. So it's a very long process, but, um, you know, it, it kind of went a little bit quicker because of COVID, which was wonderful. Um, and then over the space between June and now, uh, we kind of, at the beginning of November, we had probably gone in for 11 kids um, and the birth mother decides. So the birth mother gets about seven or eight different families and it's like a little booklet of, on the family and then they kind of decide. You, you literally look and say, I'd like to adopt that child, but the birth mother has the choice in the end who does adopt. She does. Yeah. You basically get a situation of the birth mother, her age, you know, her circumstances, who she wants to um, have the family that would adopt the kid. She decides whether she wants to meet you guys or not. She decides everything. Um, so, you know, many of them were uh, biracial children that went to families with biracial children. Other ones went to families without children. And so, you know, we, we kind of get it, but it's a very exhausting process because you kind of get really excited, right? And then, you know, you, you, you don't get the baby and you're sort of a little bit, um, it, it's, it's exhausting, but it is, it's, it's pretty wonderful as well. You kind of had to act really quickly in the end with Luke, didn't you? So Luke was a bit of, it was faith with Luke. It was the most unbelievable story um, because it was different this time. This time, you know, I had bought matching pajamas for all of the family for Christmas and I bought a little newborn one, even though it was the beginning of November and there was, you know, there was no, there was no child that we were going to get. But I just was kind of hoping and praying. And then one day, you know, the social worker said, try and tell as many people as possible because you never know who knows someone who may want to put their child up for adoption. So we were kind of saying, okay, so that day we decided I would put it up on Facebook and just basically say if anybody, you know, so it had nothing to do with social media, but it was just putting it out into the universe, you know, and just hoping and praying that something would happen. The same day that I did that, which is Monday, the 9th of November, we got a call at 5 p.m. from our agency to say that there was um, a young girl who had had a baby boy. She decided to put him up for adoption um, at the last minute and basically then said that she didn't want to pick a family, that she was going to let the agency do it for her. So the agency called us 
and said, we love you guys. You're, you know, we love your family. And would you like to adopt this little baby boy? And so you have really until the end of the day, because we're going to have to pass it on to another family. Um, so we immediately said yes. And, you know, within an instant, we had a new little baby boy and we had to name him immediately. And it was, it was incredible. Now he was born a little bit early. So, so when did you get to see him? He was born at 31 weeks and we flew out to Arizona because he was in a NICU in Phoenix in Arizona. So we flew out there and we had named him Luke Arnold Randolph. Arnold being my husband's mother's maiden name who passed away recently. So we go into the hospital to meet him for the first time. We're allowed into the NICU because, you know, with coronavirus and everything, it's just parents that are allowed in. So uh, we went in and... Uh, asked to you know see him and all that and the charge nurse came up and said oh yeah let me let me introduce you to his primary care nurse and her name was Heather Arnold so it was just like chills all over signs all over um and yeah we went in and we met him for the first time and we were able to hold him straight away he's really healthy you know came out never needed oxygen anything he was perfect just really tiny he was three pounds so just over three pounds so since that day um, I've been by his side 12 hours a day in the NICU. We were hoping that he would be home for Christmas. That was our big thing. Um, but they really want him to stay until he's full term because he's not taking a full bottle eight times a day yet because he's too small. So um, they, they want him to just wait a few more weeks. They were hoping he would get it and take bottles all the time, but he's, he's sort of taking half bottles and then full bottles and then none. So we're, they're ju we're just going to keep it safe and keep him in there until probably the first week of January. So we're going to come back and then do Santa Claus and then we're all going to go out to Arizona to bring Luke home. Do you know anything about his, his birth mother, Victoria, Did you, you have no idea who she is or where she's from, or do you? We don't know that much about the birth mother, only that she was um, quite young in her 20s, and she basically um, was fairly badly off. And so, you know, um, she, she left the hospital then, I think, after, after that, once we, once we adopted him. So, you know, um, I don't know anything more about her, and she didn't want to meet us or anything like that. But I have to say, if I ever did meet her, you know, I'd want to thank her for doing such a selfless and wonderful thing, you know, to give him a good, a good life with a good education and everything. It's, it's such a wonderful thing to do for him. Yes, indeed. Will, will she be told who you are and where he is? Yes, she is. She was told who we are. She was told where he will be and all of that. And she has the right to come back and ask for, you know, photographs of him or anything like that. We said that we would have no problem. But um, I'm not sure if that's what she wants. When is he going to get to meet the rest of, you, of your family, your dad and your brother? Well, from the coronavirus, they were, you know, they'd all be over here normally. So I think the minute the vaccine is released, they'll probably get it and try and come over as soon as possible to see him. Um, because it's such a wonderful surprise for Christmas and such a little miracle. And so I think that they want to come over as early as possible next year. And uh, we were laughing and saying that, you know, Luke probably heard that 2020 was a washout and he just decided, yeah, I'm going to stay in until 21. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't quite work out just like anything else in 2020. 
Right, exactly, right. And sure, listen, nobody's calling around at Christmas anyway. You know, there's not there's not the, the, the normal social stuff that we would be doing. So I think it's just going to be a different Christmas anyway. So we may as well be spending it in Arizona, making him safe and making sure that he's going to he's going to come home when he's ready. So we don't really mind. So it's it's seven years now since you left Mallow. What made you leave Mallow? Well, what made me leave originally was the jewellery business was really taking off and I was doing so much with celebrities over here that I was just travelling so much over and back. Um, And I thought it was time that I give it a go and see, you know, what life would be like there for a few years and just take a little time out and concentrate on um, the business of the the jewellery. And it sort of it sort of evolved into, you know, the jewellery business working with celebrities kind of grew into more of a concierge business uh, for the same for the same people. And uh, and then I met my husband, of course. And when you when you meet uh, a man, you end up staying for good. So that made the decision for you it, well I was kind of hooked anyway Miami is a wonderful place and it's it's you know the sunshine and the palm trees it's just it's beautiful and my dad loves coming over for the for the winters but to be honest I come home a lot um and I think in the next few years I'll try and come home for you know a good month or two in the summer because yeah. the summers here are awful but um but yeah it's 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 nice over here but you do miss the irish the irish people you know the outpour of love and congratulations and you know the sweet kind messages that i've got from people you know obviously family and friends in ireland but people who i would have known through the pr business and just the jewelry business back you know seven ten years ago they're just so sweet you know there's nothing like irish people you know so you just you miss them so so much i end up going back quite a lot yeah and i want you know my my sons have irish passports and i like i like them to grow up with the the irish way yeah so first first chance you get you'll be bringing luke over to show him around Oh, yes. One of my best friends, Gary Casey, is getting married in February. And I was really hoping to bring him home then and for us all to come back. But I don't think that's going to work out. I think, you know, even his wedding is going to be tiny. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe next summer, maybe June or July sounds a little bit more reasonable. All right. Well, listen, stay safe across Christmas and our regards to Luke. And you said your other boy was Jack. And I hope Santa is really good to them both. And a happy Christmas to everybody. Happy Christmas to you guys and happy Christmas to everybody. I just want to do a one shout out to my father and my brother, Mervyn Shorten, and also to a few friends of mine that have lost their mothers this year. Um, and it's a very difficult first Christmas always. And that's Gary and Jilly Casey and Ron and Breff Frayne. I hope you have a lovely Christmas. Take care. Lovely talking to you, Victoria. Thanks so much. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Victoria Shorten talking to me from the States yesterday. And thanks to Sarah Horgan from The Echo with her help and for her help in setting that up. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. All right, a couple of things to mention. Mags wants to know, could PJ give a mention to the students of Holy Well National School, Carrigaline, having a Remembrance Day today in honour of Bevin O'Connor and donating to Make-A-Wish in her honour. We spoke to her mum a few weeks back about that gorgeous little girl uh, and uh, sadly passed away, but people doing so much giving and, and acts of kindness and paying things forward to remember her 
and that's uh, good luck to everyone involved in that little thing today and Anmal Cahy's two grandchildren Jake and Kevin were in last night's Christy Ring documentary on RTE Nan and Grandad Mulcahy so proud it was a brilliant piece of television really really well put together an incredible story of an incredible sportsman uh, the best without shadow question or doubt the best man best player ever to pick up a hurley there was a great scene in it where they gave Pa Horgan uh, Christie's hurley or an exact replica of Christie's hurley made to the right weight and the right size and Pa was looking at it going at the, at the start he didn't know how to hold it at the start then he learned to use it and he goes because I could play with this no it was just a wonderful 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 documentary about, about a fantastic sportsman later on this morning actually talking to another fantastic sportsman another Cork GAA legend remembering his life and times and uh, he's written a book about it catching up with the great Larry Tompkins between 11 and 12 because his book is one that you might want to get for the Christmas a nice little stocking filler for the Christmas 1850 is the number the text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 and the email opinion at 96mm.ie just before I move on furthermore to all those television shows and we're getting great suggestions in of 80s and 90s television shows that you might like to see back. People talking about Columbo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Either reboot it or bring it. You see, the problem with Columbo was there really was only one Peter Falk. But Columbo, yeah. Or you could try Animaniacs is another suggestion. Night Rider. I loved Night Rider. Absolutely loved uh, Night Rider. Lots more suggestions coming in. But before I go to that, a lot of people getting letters about their health insurance, people who will be renewing their health insurance in the new year. And there are some very strange uh, increases in the cost of people's health insurance package. And it's worth reminding you, you can change. And you have many, many, many rights that you might realise. Like if you get a letter saying that your health insurance is going to go up by X hundreds of euro. You don't have to take that. You can ring, you can move, you can transfer. There are many, many ways to do it. And we'll be getting advice from Dermot Good, uh, one of the best in the business at advising people on their health insurance and getting the best value out of it. Dermot will be joining me on the programme a little bit later on. And if you have any questions for him with regard to your health insurance, then you can text or WhatsApp them to 083 396 96 96. Give us the plan that you're on. And believe me, he'll know it. And he might be able to advise where you go. But certainly it's been a strange year for health insurance. I'll tell you my own story a little bit later on. First of all, I got a whack of an increase uh, when it came around in August is when I renew. And now I'm after getting a letter in the last or an email in the last week saying, actually, we've got to give you some of that back. So I don't know what's going on. Anyhow, 1850-715-996. That's all to come. It was one of those shows that you wouldn't turn off. I, I never would turn it off. I'd sit back and listen to it and titter away quietly at it. But some people were just obsessed with Saved by the Bell. The reboot trailer has landed and they are remaking it and staying as loyal to the original storyline and location and scripts as they can. And even some of the original actors are coming back. 
some of the original characters will be returning. Obviously, there's grown-ups now, and they'll be coming back as what they become in grown-up life. And that sounds like keeping a good connection with the old show. Melissa Carlton is a journalist for Her.ie. I think it was more, as I said, Melissa, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but I think it was more a female thing, was it? Good morning to you. Hi, yeah, good morning. Um, I don't know if it was more a female thing. Um, I know my cousin Philip used to watch it with me and stuff, but yeah, well, I think a lot of the girls, yeah, definitely had a fancy on the lads in it. <laughs> Remind <laughs> so. listeners again what it was about. Um, well, it was about a group of teenage friends in California, and they were always kind of getting up to hijinks. The main character, Zach Morris, was a bit like Ferris Bueller, yeah. so he was always kind of getting into mischief. Yeah, he's coming back actually in in the in the news show as the local governor, so he he put himself right. Yeah, um, yeah, they seem they have. I know there's Zach, AC, Kelly, and Jesse are going to be very prominent in it, and then Lisa will turn up in it. I don't think she's part of the main cast in it, um, but she is turning up in it. Yeah, it was a teen thing more than anything else, which is probably why I used to sit there and titter along. Go, oh, yeah, this is grand. But, but what was so popular about it? What what did you think was the magic of it? I think it was it was the kind of the glamour of it, and like looking at these American high school teenagers and their like really funky outfits and their cool school and stuff, and going, oh, you know, I'm here in my school uniform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have problems or any of these like and it's raining. going on in our local cafe. Yeah, yeah, they're in California. <laughs> it doesn't rain. Yeah. Who had, had you a particular favorite? Uh, Lisa. I was obsessed with Lisa because um, she was uh, she would make her own clothes and she was like the creative one and that's what my like ended up in. I worked in fashion for a few years before I got into journalism. As a as a teenager, watching like did you did this did, were you able to identify with storylines in in your own life? Um, I don't really know because a lot of them were quite dramatized and they were very kind of American. Hmm. But escapism, yeah, I, I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely kind of watching it to have a bit of fun and kind of look at this other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a few other teen shows at the time. They're all along that same vibe, aren't they? Lovely, sunny California and ex- exquisitely good-looking people. Actually, disgustingly good-looking people. You know, there were no ugly kids in those shows. <laughs> no. I think that was the big thing with American TV. Everyone there were no, sp- no spots. Fantastic and perfect. No one had spots. No. No. Not allowed. <laughs> no. No one had spots, and everybody's clothes fitted them. And everyone was great at everything they did. Yeah, yeah. and they all have new clothes every day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there was another one, California Dreaming. I remember that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we all wanted to live in California. Yeah, I think definitely. Like, I think anyone kind of like an 80s kids or 90s kids watching the movies and TV shows were like, wow, that looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, even anything set in California nowadays, you know, we all can God, I'd love to live there. Like, it's it's sunny and bright, and it's you're looking out at that, you know. 
Yeah. So it's kind of a... I'm not too sure. Look at the stuff I watched as a teenager. I still, I can't explain why I loved it either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a mad thing, especially when you're kind of looking back on it. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just a fascination with this, like, super glamorous sort of American-style life that we were watching. Yeah. Would you worry that when they do reboot it, they'd make a hames of it? Like they did with other stuff, like MacGyver? Um, well, I've, kind of, I've been watching the, the clips and stuff, and um, I don't know if they'll like, make a hames of it. Like, we probably won't really relate to it because I say the storylines are going to be mostly centered for teenagers, mm. but they'll be like a bit of the older cast for a bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Do you know the way we look back on great old television now and, and we, with, well, some people, I refuse to do it. But if you take away the look at Friends, like if you say that you were a Friends fan now, you'd be looked upon as being this ist and that ist and again the other ist. If you weren't to take the script and the storylines of Saved by the Bell, you'd have to sanitize them for a new generation. You couldn't use that humor now. Yeah, no, there is definitely like when you, no, know, you should be able to. By the way, I'm not. I'm not into sanitizing stuff, Melissa. Let's yeah. get this. T- I I I look back and say, you know what? It was of its time, and if you're going to remake it, you need to remake it the same way. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be able to do that now, though. No, like any kind of like fat jokes or kind of stuff like that, people yeah. would uh, be definitely writing into them, which would be making a hames of it. <laughs> because it was of its time. What, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, you. we also have kind of have to move with the times as well. And, you know, like that, you know, people are more aware of saying certain things that mm. we would have said years ago. And, like, nowadays we're kind of like, okay, we, we shouldn't write that into yeah. TV shows. Yeah. Will you um, will you watch the new version or will you still cling to your DVDs of the old one? Um, I'll, I'll give it a go anyway. I'll, have, I'll definitely watch a couple of episodes just to see what it's like. But like that, I say the storylines are going to be more of a kind of pre-teens and teenagers. Okay. Uh, listen, Melissa, thanks very much for that. Uh, you're looking forward to it anyway. Lots of people looking forward to the reboot of Saved by the Bell. I'm not into this rewriting and sanitising at all. Because if we were to do it with everything, you'd have nothing left to watch. Like, they started on Gone with the Wind last year, and I just gave it a break, for God's sake. I I hated Friends. I thought friend, the best thing about Friends was the signature tune, because you knew the damn thing was over. But they went to town on Friends last year. Craig says, bring back only fools and horses. I, that had lasted about three minutes by the time he took all the jokes out. But I agree with you, Craig... Bring back Colombo, says another text. D, Knight Rider. Yes! Imagine a car that drives itself and talks to you. Nearly happened now. Uh, the show is... Bring back the brothers. The brothers. Oh, the brothers. It never finished properly. You're right, it didn't. I'd love Airwolf. Oh, yeah. Airwolf. Our chips. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Vibs in Madrid. What TV shows? I used to love Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, how stupid and how brilliant was it at the same time. Uh, Incredible Hulk, yes. Man from Atlantis, Patrick Duffy, Bobby Ewing, yes, yes. Sapphire, oh, Sapphire and Steel with David McCallum and... Oh, who was the other half? Joanna Lumley, wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah. Watched him as a kid and a young adult. But maybe at nearly 50 years of age, I might have other ideas. No, trust me, Viv, once you get started. You know what I found a few weeks ago on YouTube? And I stuck, I found uh, an entire series of Blake's Seven. And I sat, very sad divil of my, sat my headphones on for a few nights watching it. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. Oh, you're giving me ideas now about television programs coming back and having to be rewritten or not rewritten, but just bringing them back. If you've got a particular favourite, I'd love to um, to remember it with you. Some of them then were dreadful. The shows themselves were rubbish, but they produced some incredible songs out of them. Like, I mean, who remembers this? Come on, Terry, what is it? Come on, come on, come on. Come on. He's looking to the sky... No, it's not Highway to Heaven. Look at what's it's Joey Scarberry's Believe It or Not from The Greatest American Hero, which is a daft and stupid television show. No, 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 no. It's Joey Scarberry's from American Greatest Hero. Listen now, you'll know when you hear the tune. All together now, Christmas party by virtual. <laughs> yeah. Loads of them. Do you know what I might do for the fun? I have... I have um, I have YouTube here next to me, and if anyone has a particular television theme that you haven't heard in a hundred years, we might just throw them on for the crack between now and twelve o'clock. Seems it's the Friday before Christmas. All right, would you like that? We don't. We'll have some fun with that. Any particular theme that you particularly loved that you'd that you'd like to hear again? Like here's another one that we that came up in conversation a few uh, minutes ago, and this was another absolute stormer. Do you remember this? Do you remember this one? The, the stupid ads, of course, on on YouTube will will delay me now, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's a couple of them coming in already as to shows that you'd you'd love to hear the theme for again. Can we get rid of the stupid ad? Thank you. Where's the? Here we go. Right, Ryder. Yes. Yeah, I've got YouTube open, and we have a few of those before we quit at 12 today, just for the crack. Josephine, I used to rush in from school to watch Follyfoot. Oh, Follyfoot, yes, absolutely, Follyfoot was a great show. And there was another one, there was another beauty as well, and I mean beauty in every sense of the word, and that it was a gorgeous uh, television show. It had been a magnificent book, which we, we all read, read as kids. But what people really remember about this particular show was the theme from it. Jack Beauty. Yes. Galloping Home was the name of the tune. Yep. So if you have any memories like that now for this uh, dull old Friday before Christmas, throw them in and we'll see if we can find them on the YouTube machine and give them a spin for you uh, just to brighten up a dull old Friday. Now one thing that people will struggle with, some people will struggle with at Christmas time is their sobriety. And if you've managed to get clean and sober from drink or drugs, but drink in particular, this Christmas will be probably a bigger challenge for you than 
than ever before because of the hard and difficult year that we've all been through. And as someone who, who loves a drink myself and will have a few drinks over the Christmas, I really feel so much for people who would love one but can't uh, and will struggle with their sobriety and that Christmas will be the most difficult time of the year for them to keep their sobriety. I'll be talking to one man about that next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Triscoll Arts Centre presents a season of quartets featuring performances of Beethoven string quartets in celebration of the 250th anniversary of the composer's birth. The next performance will be by the 2020 Quartet, taking place this Friday, December 18th at 8pm. Belinda Carlisle is set to celebrate her rich musical legacy in 2021 with her Decades Tour. The tour spans 20 dates across the UK and Ireland, including a show at Cork Opera House on November 1st. It's rescheduled from Belinda's postponed and sold-out show at the venue in late 2019, with tickets on sale now. Access All Areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Some suggestions coming in of bits of old television that you'd like to hear, bits of old television theme tunes. And we will have some fun with that for the last Friday before Christmas. And know what? As soon as we start talking about lovely things like old television themes, the sun starts to come out. That'd be nice. 1850-715-996. But on a serious note... You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oats. Peter, good morning to you. 
Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, Peter, you've just come out of Chalkwira, which is that wonderful place up there on, on the Mardyke, the, the step-down facility. Uh, and how, how are you keeping? I'm good. I'm actually still here. Are you? Okay. I'm actually still here, yeah. But I'm good. I'm here a while now, and uh, life is good. Life yeah. is sober. And will you be out? Will you be finished there for Christmas? I won't, thank God. I'll still be here for Christmas. So it's, uh, it's a kind of a safe mess. It's a great house. Yeah. Good people, great counsellors, great facilitators here. It's great. And you know what? I haven't really thought about Christmas. It's just listening to there on the build-up to it there about Christmas. I was at an aftercare last night. There was two lads I think spoke about and how long this Christmas will be the first Christmas without drink. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I took my first drink maybe 32 years ago, but I could honestly say this will be my first Christmas, we'll say, drinking heavy. Yeah. Christmas Day, in about 26 years without a drink. Christmas Day, please God, still a week to go, you know. But Wait, when when did you last drink, Peter? I come up to twelve, uh, the seventh of January. Congratulations, thank you. And and so, talk to me about previous Christmases. What would they have been like? Oh, mixed, John. Um, I have family, I have kids, right. and I had some Christmases with them, which I was drinking, but there was joy there. It was a fake joy. And I try to think back, yeah, the decorations were there, the big trees were there, the presents were there, they got what they wanted kind of thing, you know. But where I was living, it was, uh, we were able to get to the pub, we were able, there was a hotel near us, we were able to get there every Christmas morning. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one, it was kind of drink as much as you could up to like two o'clock, you know. Yeah. And that was Christmas morning, it was a celebration, we were looking forward to it, the week building up to it, are you going to be there Christmas morning? You're going to... It was a big thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, uh, unfortunately, that's the way it was, you know, that's what, that's what you do in addiction. You live for you, you live for the drink, like, the drink yeah. taken over at that stage, like. And um, would that kind of put an end then to the nice family Christmas day? It was, you know, it, was, it wasn't just Christmas day, it was every day for me, so it was just a thing, it was a normal thing, I was a functional alcoholic. In my eyes, I couldn't see any wrong in it, you know, but unfortunately with loved ones around and stuff, they could see the damage. It was bringing them down, you know. Not, it's not only the addict that suffers, you know, it's the, oh, the loved yeah. ones. What do you mean, what does that term mean, Peter, a functioning alcoholic? I was able to go to work, and I was able to work five, if possible, six days a week. And first thing, I until of late, the first thing after work was go for drinks. It, it, it was... It was the norm, go for drinks afterwards. I would drink heavy and come home and drink again that evening, you know, and have your dinner and stuff. I was eating well. I was playing football. I was involved in football and stuff like that. I was able to go, you know, I was able to work. But of late then, they say that um, I was working to drink and in the end I had to drink to work, which meant I was drinking early in the mornings before I went to work. That little boost and I felt great and... This will get me through the day. Then it was a thing of waiting for off license and centrals to open at half ten and having a drink to get you through the day. And drink driving, I got put off the road. You know, yeah. all all the horrible things yeah. that you you don't see become become just become natural, become normal. Yeah, this this is normal. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a horrible addiction. It's a horrible horrible horrible. They, they say the blindness to addiction and stuff like that. You know, it's 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 horrible. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. When you look back, like, you question yourself, like, well, at the time, no, this is fine, you know, you're putting money, you think you're a great man, 
you'll put the money up on the table and everything's all right. But literally, you know, it's your loved ones in the background, the enablers, they're carrying, they're carrying, they're carrying your family, you know, while everything's falling around, you can't see it. There's enablers there and they, they do it for the love of you, you know. Yeah. What, what was the what was the point at which you said, right, I need to grab this and do something about it? Or was well, there a particular was, uh, point? It was friends, very good friends, who would have took a drink as well, and there were no angels either and stuff like that. But they kind of said it to me, and the family were slowly. I was losing touch with family and stuff, and then I started taking uh, seizures, oh. and that was that was the the kind of you know the drink wasn't. The drink wouldn't keep me going anymore. I was in trouble. Yeah, like, I was in trouble. And uh, you said it was it. It had gone from being going after work to having to go before work, to yeah. having to go during work. Like, would you be you be slipping out at lunchtime for? for yeah, a drink? yeah, you would. And it became common knowledge too. But it, I don't know. I'm not praising myself for anything. But when I worked, I was a good worker. You know. Yeah. And the boom was on and stuff like that. What did so you work at? I'm a captain of a trade. Okay. Okay. And uh, it just came tonight, you know. And then, again, enablers, you were always with a team of good lads, you know, and you'd have the crack and stuff, and they'd, they'd cover for you, you did know. Did the lads know you were drinking? No, oh, the they, they did, yeah. They let on, they didn't. But, you know, eventually, like, even now, I'm still in contact with them, and just, like, they keep in contact with me, asking how am I, yeah. and wishing me well, and saying I'm delighted for you. Isn't and that it's brilliant? Great. Oh, it's unbelievable. The response you get back is, it's brilliant. Some people are... Uh, there's a stigma on it and some people are kind of uh, they're afraid to come out and say what other people know you know and it's not for me to say who's an alcoholic or who's not you know yeah. it's, it's up to the individual themselves to to accept it and admit it and try to get help for it but when it comes out and people the people the, the, the support that you get is on the support for the staff when I went into Convera yeah I'd done treatment there and then was lucky enough to get a place here in Chokvera the support that you get from there. I, I'm lucky, probably, I'm one of the lucky ones because not everyone can get the, the there's not enough transition houses, you know, and not yeah. enough people can get the support, you know. And it was our good friend, Michael Gearan, who recommended you to us. Yeah. Um, and and uh, he said you had a, a, a most interesting story to tell. So come back to present day and I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for you that that you've, you've, been, you've been able to get, get clean and get sober and You'll be in Chalkverde over the Christmas. Will Will you see the family? Have you repaired those relationships? I have, thank God. Um, Sorry, dude. You're all right. Yeah, um, I won't get to see my kids. But okay. um, on the good thing, on the good thing, I haven't seen my kids in a long time. That's a pity. But recently, up to yesterday, I had a conversation with a youngest daughter who I haven't spoken to in over a year. How old is she? She's 12. Okay. How old is your oldest? How many have you? Two. And the eldest girl is 16, and I spoke to her the first time in nearly over a year as well, in about a month ago, which was, it was brilliant. Yeah. So, it's like, uh, I shared it with the lads in the house. At least you're back on, you're back on speaking terms with them. I'm anyway. back on, and I, I just shared it with the lads in the house, because it shows, it does work. Yeah. Absolutely. The program, the program works. AA works. The program works. It really does. There was lads in the house here before me, and they have left, and they've gone on, and they're just doing so well for themselves. They're doing courses. They're 
they're back working, there's lads getting promotions in their jobs and everything, you know, it, it really, and it's good life. Yeah. It's tough, it's tough, it can be tough, but you know, if you try to keep it simple, and as they say, keep it in the day, I know people find it hard to believe, but for our addicts, if you can, you know, and even if it's hard to keep it in the day, they say keep it to the hour, even to the minute, yeah. it really does pay off, like. I've spoken to people, Peter, your last drink was the 7th of, of January, I've spoken to people who can tell me that it was 27 years ago, not just 12 months ago, but 27 years ago that they had their last drink. And I would say to them, why will you remember the 7th of January 2020 for a long time? I will, I will, but I'll remember little things, but they don't want to speak. I know people... I have a brother who's in addiction. He's uh, sober over 18 years. Good for him. And he's very good to me. He's in Los Angeles and he sends me messages, the whole thing of support and stuff. And it's, and he's other people in here. I'm lucky through the COVID and the house where I love get the meetings. But I've great support through the phone that keeps me going. But I've often been to meetings and I've heard someone that was in addiction. Like you think again, it could have been 27 years he was in sobriety. And I say, Tim, that's a lot of good days because any day you're sober is a good day. That's a very nice way of putting it. But that's, that's, that's what I got out of it. That's a lot, a lot of good days, you know. So for me, like, and then on the other side of it, they'll tell you, some of them will tell you that they wish they were back at the start again because it was a beautiful journey. Beautiful journey. Yeah, because it is. Life is good. Can you identify with that? I can today, yeah. Not in the first couple of months and stuff. Uh, until you get to know yourself, until you can trust yourself, until you can... This, this, there's a saying that I heard recently was um, the good thing about sobriety is that your... The best thing about sobriety is your emotions come back. And the worst thing about sobriety is that your emotions come back. Yeah. So, you know, you're dealing with a lot, but you're getting to love again. You get to love yourself. But yeah. you still you still feel the pain, which is which the pain, you know, the pain will never go away. You know the bit about loving yourself, uh, and you're not the first person to say that. Like when you were, when the drink had left your system, and, and you're sitting there in in Coonwira, and you're you're doing your groups and you're doing your counselling and all of that. Did, did you find it? Did you had you stopped loving yourself? Did, I kind of did, um, yeah, I did. There was a lot of hurt there. Because, mm. look, remember, you're sober, you hadn't been sober, you were drunk every day, not that you were drunk, you were under the influence every day. Yeah. You know, so there was no such reality to see you're living up with castles in the sky and stuff like that. And it's true, you know? Yeah. You're just, you're just not, you're not in touch. Even though I said I was functioning alcoholic, yeah, but I was just getting through the day. Yeah, but you were getting to the point where it was taking over. It took over. It took over, yeah. It took over. And yeah. once that took over. But you know, it wasn't just, it had taken over a long, long time ago. And it was just that I was lucky that I had a loving family that were picking up the pieces behind me. I thought I was a great lad putting up the money on the table. It wasn't that. It had nothing to do with that. Mm. You know, it was the loved ones that were hurting. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, it takes a lot to it takes a lot to get over that. But today, look, 
I saw over today, thank God, and, you know, life is good. I don't want to ask for anything. Oh, there was a time there, my God, I would have been queuing up to get on the radio to talk about something, to try to tickets for some concert or something. <laughs> but thank God, I'm not doing that today, you know. I'm not looking for that today. Yeah. I'm not looking for much today. The simple things today. I'm just looking for... What, what have you today that you didn't have on the 18th of December 2019? Oh, yeah. Serenity, peace. Uh, I can sit by myself. I do a lot of reading. I can be trusted. Um, my mother was back in my life and she doesn't have to worry about me. That's, oh, that's a big brilliant. thing. That's a big, big thing. Did big you fall thing. out with your mum? I didn't. But, um, you know, I didn't fall out with my mum, but she was just sick of the lies, you know, when I was lying. And she was praying for me and praying for me. I mean, her knees must be sore for me down her knees for praying for me, you know? Yeah. And it's just, and then I, sisters who love me and just do anything for me, but uh, they're all hurting, everyone hurts. And how everyone does it hurts. feel when someone that you hurt? That I hurt them? So how does it feel when someone that you hurt forgives you and says, that's okay, Peter, let's move on? Uh, it's like a. Uh, it's like if it's raining outside, it's not raining, the sun is shining. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... I like, uh, we study, we start to study the things you learn, is gratitude, acceptance. You know, there's a lot of things you go through, discipline, self-discipline, all this kind of stuff, but the big things are, the first one is acceptance, and then the gratitude, the gratitude that... You know, life... Life is so good for all the things, for all the things that went wrong and stuff, you know. That you caused kind of thing, you know what I mean? And the people are letting you back into their lives and trusting you. And the text messages every now and then out of blue or phone calls and stuff. That you can phone them, that you have all their numbers again. Numbers are a big thing. Whether it's, for, whether it's loved ones or it's AA members, yeah. you know, or people in recovery, it's just, it's just great. Like, to go and meet them, have a cup of coffee and just... How are you today, you know? Can I ask you for a tiny little bit of advice? And I know people in your situation don't generally give out advice, but for someone who has an addict in their lives, and a loved one is an addict, and the loved one is in recovery, okay? And they're still struggling to forgive that loved one for the things that they did. Have you any few words that you might offer, Peter? Oh, I could I don't know what to say. There's so many, but it's kind of like, like that person, that person that's in addiction, that's not the person, that's not your brother or sister, or your mother, or your father. That's not them. You know, when they give up the drink or whatever it is, or drugs or whatever, it's then you see the truth them again. It's then you see your real brother or sister or mother or father, whoever is in addiction. The person that's in addiction is not the person they don't want to be that person, and it's not the person that you know. They never ask for it, and they don't want to be there. Yeah. But as soon as it's please God that they, they can get away from addiction, find sobriety, cleanness, whatever it is, you'll see your brother or father, your sister, whoever it is, you'll see them again, you'll see them the way you wanted it, the way they were when they were younger and stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, you'll, see, you'll see life back in their eyes again, you know, it's, it's horrible, the person that's stuck in addiction, 
it's horrible because they don't want to be there. They're blind to it. And your family, your loved ones don't want to see it. But they, they don't want to be that person. That's not that's not the person they set out to be. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you have to pray for them and hope, please God, that they do get help and they return to the, the loved one that you know. Yeah. And have you, or do you just think one day, one week, do you have any ambitions for Christmas 2021? No, no. Um, kind of ambitions, expectations, no, because um, the summer, like I said, I'm lucky to have people around me that are in recovery and are very strong and they believe in today and stuff. And one of them says to me one day about expectation. If you have no expectations, well, then you can't be disappointed. Okay. And I... I like that. I believe that some people might be able to, that you have to have expectations. But for me, things are happening without me expecting. I don't, I don't pray to God anymore asking for things. I thank God. There was a while back when I hadn't heard from the kids. Have you always had faith, Peter? Not really. My mother used to send us to church when we were younger and stuff. And I know how they hail Mary and our father and stuff like that. But not really. But when we went to, when you go to, Brewery to Convera, it's a religious place, it's the nuns are there and stuff, but it's not 100% that way, but it's brought into you. And like the rosary is a very serious thing down there. You see the lads in the Padre Pio unit, and it's very, very, very serious. They take it very serious. And it's, it's, I find a, I find a solace in it. Yeah. And I bring that with me, and in the air, the big book there now, it's not all about God. It's a higher power or the way that you see him and stuff like that. I find a peace in it. I find a serenity in it. Well, you cling and to that. I cling to that. Well, I don't want to ask him for things anymore. I thank him. When I didn't hear from my kids in a long time, I've been thanking them that they're still alive. I'm lucky. My loved ones are still alive and I have this chance to make amends. Yeah. So I don't, the... to, I don't want to ask him anymore. I thank him for what I have. The gratitude thing is very, very big. Big time, big time. Gratitude and it costs nothing. Do you know what? You're 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 an incredible fella, and I'm so privileged to be able to talk to you. Um, this time next week, which is Christmas Day, what will you do? I'm going to visit my mother, and I'm going to visit my sister, which is another thing. I'm welcome to three families of my family, three different places having dinner. And here we go. I'm welcome to go to either one of them. And that, and that must even, be gold, that was man. Without, that was without uh, having to ask. Or without, when I was asked, I kind of turned around and said, I knew that anyway. Because I knew, you know, and it's, it's a great feeling. That's gold. And that's why I'd say I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. But I mean, the house here, we're having Christmas here in the house, and the house is decorated and everything. Joe here, the house council, the house manager. I mean, he's like a child. Yeah, I've met him. I, I, I've met him. Yeah. Well, then you know, I don't know if it's for us or for him, but he has a face all decorated and stuff like that, you know. And it's beautiful. It's great to go down in the morning. It's a great feel. The lights are on straight away. First thing in the morning, the lights have to go on the trees and stuff like that. It's great, and I'm looking forward to it. Good man. Well, may you have a happy, happy Christmas, Peter. And all of those that you love and are back in your life, may they have a happy Christmas too. Thanks, Peter. Best luck to you, mate. Thanks. And anyone out there that's suffering... I was in recovery. I wish them a happy Christmas and a peaceful one.
Look after yourself, fella. Look after yourself. That's Peter. What a remarkable fella. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Shout out to Luke in Suits Distributors listening to Peter. Get this. We want to give every man in Chalkwira one of our casual shirts that were released to mark 30 years since the Cork Double. We admire the courage of everyone in Chalkwira and we salute you. That's beautiful Christmas gesture from Suits Distributors. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96 FM. 1857 the number to call, the text to WhatsApp, 083-396-9696, the email, opinion, at 96fm.ie. We've had a massive response to Peter. Uh, as an extended family member of someone who's in recovery and went through Talk Vera as well, congrats to that gentleman. Hard days are hard, but the recovery is worth it. Keep mending the bridges with the family and stay the course with the aftercare. Whatever it is in them, they do work. God bless and best wishes, especially to Michael Gearin and all the team at Chakwerda. And people will remember, at least should remember, that Chakwerda was the place that sat idle for years. Furnished and ready to rock and sat idle for years. And it was a campaign that we pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed on the opinion line from day one to try to get it open along with our good friend Michael Gearin and many many more people who took a real interest in getting Chalkwira open and now open it is and doing fantastic work uh, with people like Peter and believe it or not we had a call from one of Peter's siblings who simply wanted to say we are so proud of Peter and to have him back in our lives he truly is a fabulous brother who we love so much. Isn't that fabulous? And I can tell you that the response to Peter, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Can we also mention Joan O'Keefe uh, at Douglas Nursing Home? Because the postman brought the check today. Joan O'Keefe is 100 years young today. And to Joan... And all the staff at Douglas Nursing Home, best wishes from Rose and all the O'Callaghan's. Congratulations, Joan. Little uh, socially distanced celebration, I expect, at Douglas Nursing Home today for Joan's 100th birthday. We are also getting suggestions for television themes, and I'll play one or two of them uh, before we finish today. This one came in. I, I'd forgotten this. This was a guilty pleasure of mine. As a fella, you could kind of not really admit that you loved this but I did I absolutely loved it Beverly Hills 90210 yeah with a few more a few more suggestions coming and this one came in earlier on I love this this is great do you remember this Of course you do. Two disgracefully good-looking men driving big, powerful motorbikes. 
Remember? Another Californian show. Come on. Chips. Brilliant. John Punch. Brilliant, brilliant. It was a Saturday night around seven or about half six, seven. You just come on. Yeah, a couple more of those before before quitting time today. 1850-715-996. I got a letter, or an email rather, about a week and a half ago uh, from my health insurer. Uh, back in August, which is when my health insurance renews, it went up. Um, it went up by a bit. Not, not an extraordinary amount, but it did go up. And I pay mine by the month. Thankfully, we're lucky enough to be able to do that. I got another email. Then well, actually, we are now going to reduce it, and we're going to give you a rebate in January. And I thought that's okay. Thank you very much for that. But that's been happening to a lot of people, and also a lot of insurance policies have gone up more than they kind of should year on year. So let's check in with one of the the experts in the field, Dermot Good. Dermot, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Can you explain, first of all, why, first of all, my, uh, my insurer put my premium up? I didn't change premium, I just renewed. And, then they're, and now they're giving me money back. That seems to be happening all over the place. Yeah, it's been a very strange year for, for uh, health insurance members. So what happened, um, PJ, just to go back just a small bit, back when COVID first hit and the private hospitals were effectively taken over, Everybody, the insurance companies gave all their members roughly between, we'll say, 20 and 40 percent of a, of a small rebate for three months, That's for the right. three months that the hospitals were out of commission. And then that came to an end on the 1st of July. Now, what's happened now is VHI members, VHI are writing to all their members to basically say, well, look, we overestimated the amount of claims that we expected to get in. And therefore, we're basically delivering on our commitment to refund uh, any surplus. So they're now writing to all members to say that anybody who's still a VHI member come the 23rd of January next, they're going to get a further once-off payment of €75 per adult and €25 per child that will be paid directly to them. Now... What I would just caution just people, look, it's great and it couldn't come at a better time. And look, you know, when any insurance company looks to give you money back, you take it, right? The only one thing, PJ, people need to be very careful of, this is not, I suppose, a reduction in your premium. It is not a discount. It's a once-off rebate. And the, the, the risk is... January is the busiest month for VHI's renewals and the risk is, and we've already heard people saying this, that they're not going to shop around now because of this rebate. And what I would say to people, okay, €75 is great, but if you're on one of those really old dated plans, you could be saving 10 times that by shopping around. And by the way, you can shop around and stay with VHI still save maybe 500, 750 euro and still get your 75 euro rebate. So you don't necessarily have to switch to another insurance company, but just don't be afraid to shop around because you could still save multiples of that. But look, it it is welcome. Any refund you get from the insurance companies, um, it is welcome. But to go to your other uh, part of the question, PJ, all the rates are going up and they will continue to go up by about 5, 6% each year. They are going up on average 3% on the 1st of January. Some of their plans will go up by as much as 10%. So, look, it's, it's all down to medical inflation. New Quick drugs, question, though. If, 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 the, if the number of claims was down, why would premiums go up? 
Well, and here's here's the anomaly that's in this. So what VHI are basically saying is that, look, for the period of when the hospitals, let's just say, were out of commission, they estimated uh, X number of claims and they got in less claims um, after that period ended. So they're basically saying we still have a little bit left over in the kitty. That's why we're, we're giving people this once-off refund. But on the overall scheme of things, overall claims are still going up, PJ, because what's happening is um, more and more people are claiming all their outpatient refunds. There's all these new cancer drugs that are now, let's just say, on stream. We all want to be covered for them. I think they have paid increases to the private hospitals and to the consultants. And look, just generally, health insurance costs, let's just say, are increasing all the time. So people really need to budget for increases of anything, roughly about 5% is what we say to people each year. And by the way, if it only goes up 5% compared to other insurances, that's not bad. But no. the biggest problem though, PJ, 50% of people, 50% of people listening now who have health insurance, they're on the wrong plans and they're overpaying. And they they don't shop around properly. Um, some don't do it at all. They expect the insurance companies to, you know, contact them with the better deals. That just doesn't happen. So if you don't shop around, you are going to be on the old dated plans. And I would urge anybody now who's maybe with mum and dad over the Christmas, and a lot of older people really fall into this trap where they, they are afraid to change and afraid to shop around because they have existing conditions. And they're on the old plans, like the old plan B with VHI or the Essential oh. Plus with Leia or the Level 2 Hospital. I they remember the time I gave up plan B. We were on we were on plan B and I, and I got advice from someone like yourself in the same line of work and we changed and it was one phone call to change and I saved myself 900 euro. Yeah, and that right now today now PJ anybody who's on plan B now called Help Plus Access 2167 per adult. Like if that person is open to switching there are plans in the market right now 1400 euro. And by taking on a very small excess, that person can save €750 Euro per adult and actually have better cover. Because you may have heard me talk previously about these corporate plans. So uh, people get, let's just say, confused about these schemes. Don't worry about the name of the plan. Corporate plans are the plans that the insurance companies design for their big ticket multinational client, any client who basically pays health insurance for all of their employees. Yeah. But here's the thing with the legislation. The legislation says that every plan on the market, that doesn't matter what it's called or who it's designed for, that's available to every single Is consumer. Is that still you there? Just have to ask Absolutely. You just have to ask it specifically by name. To explain this in, in very simple terms, and correct me if I'm wrong here. So if, if I live across the road from a guy who works with a big multinational and, and he has a corporate plan, with Leia or VHI or whomever, if I get the name or number of that plan from him and I ring up my insurer and say, I want plan XYZ, I must get it? They will give it to you straight away, no question. I don't that. even have to work for the company. Not at all. That's the beauty <laughs> of the legislation. Like, PJ, I'll give you the, the three That's best semi-private plans. Oh, and in fairness, the insurance companies, look, you know, they, they know when people phone up. And that's why we always say to people, do your homework before you phone up. So you never phone a health insurance company and you never phone them up and say, what do you recommend? Because they will recommend what suits them. They have these consumer plans. So VHI's one plans, one plus plans, they're fine, but they're not corporate plans. Anybody on those plans should be checking out a plan called Company Plan Plus Level 1.3 better cover, same cost. And anybody who anybody now who's, who wants to know what are the three best semi-private corporate plans in the market right now, Irish Life Health, 4D Health 2, 1,360. Leia is the Simply Connect Plus, 1,361. And the VHI PMI 3613, 
1,358. PJ, they are three of the best semi-private corporate plans in the market right now that anybody can join. It doesn't matter what age they are. Now, they may not suit everybody, mm. but they are superb schemes. And once again, like for example, if any of your listeners... Like if anybody wants to be covered for a private room and the bonds in Cork are the matter private, those private room corporate plans are also available to everybody and they are so much cheaper. Years ago, these plans cost 3000 each. Three best private room plans, Irish Life 4D Health 4, 1,620. Um, Leia have their Care Select, 1,556. And VHI have the PMI 4810. Mm. Uh, which is 1,638. So I know people sometimes get perplexed about all these plan names, but you know what, Peter? It's worth shopping so, around. So it's worth getting the advice. Deal with the shopping around. Where can I find all this information? Is there a website? Is there somewhere I can go that compares everything? There is. So there's a few things that we would say to people. First of all, before you phone the insurance company, you can go onto the Health Insurance Authority website, which is hia.ie. Now, be very careful with this website. It is, it's a government-run website. Um, it's there for information only. You cannot rely on the information on that. There's a big disclaimer on that site, but it's a good starting point. But you never buy off the site, but that's where you start. And then if you, if you find something you like on that site, then you simply phone up the insurance companies and block out 15 minutes and tell them, here's the plans I want to look at, and keep them on the phone and have them explain exactly how these plans compare to your existing plan. What's covered, what's not covered, What's different? What extra benefits do you get? Keep them on the phone. And PG, if you like what you hear, everything is recorded and they will make the changes for you over the phone. If you're still confused or if you're still worried, I would say to people there are loads of advisors countrywide who basically will give you advice on the health insurance options, just like they would pensions or investments. Okay. And, you know, if, if you can save five, six, seven, eight hundred euro per adult, if you're on, let's just say, in fact, sometimes people say to me, how do I know if I'm overpaying? Well, PJ, here it is. If you're on the same plan for three years or more, if you're paying more than 1,800 per adult, if you're not on a corporate plan, and don't confuse a group scheme now with a corporate plan, you can be on the worst value plan on the market through your company group scheme. Corporate plans are very specific mm. plans designed for the corporate I sector. I think the first bit of that is the, is the kicker, though. Dermot, and I'll finish with this one. Is what you just said there is the kicker. If you've been on the same plan for three years or more, you are overpaying. End of. That is absolutely, and there's loads. Look, there's people have very good plans um, in the market, but like some of the most dated schemes. Help Plus Choice with VHI, forward plan, way too expensive. All the business plans with Irish Life and the Level 2 hospital plans, good schemes, way too expensive. Anything starting with Health Manager or let's just say with Total Health or with uh, some of the company care schemes with Leia, good schemes, way too expensive. So if those plans sound familiar, sit down, do your homework. If you're worried about it, get your kids to help you because a lot of people are worried about the, te the terminology and they're worried about losing benefits. One final thing on this, PJ, just to, I suppose, to give people some reassurance. The legislation is very protective of consumers. If I am with, with, say, VHI for 10 years and I decide to switch to somebody else, I get full credit for that 10 years. There will be no break in my cover whatsoever. I will not be excluded for pre-existing conditions. I won't have age loading. So the legislation really helps people okay. who want to shop around and switch. So, so the opportunities are there. We just need to get up and take them. Listen, Dermot, thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Cheers. Uh, 185759. That's Dermot Good. And HIA.ie is where all these various plans are listed. Uh, you'll get the letter. You'll get the letter now if you're renewing in January. You'll probably get the letter now or early January. For goodness sake, if you're, I love that bit. If you're on the same plan for the last three years, you're overpaying. Confession to make, I am. Because in August, I forgot to, I was on holidays. I just forgot to check up and look for a new plan. 
Uh, so that's why I'm caught with that. But I'd be, I'd be changing next time. You change over the phone. You're so well protected. 1850 Yeah. Mick says, what do you say to an insurance company if you're looking for cover when you've had two strokes, a blood clot in the brain, and you're visually impaired? Mick, what he just said there is if, you're, if you are covered under an insurance policy and you want to move to a new one, just bring it all with you. Just bring it all with you. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See Motors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now, I mentioned earlier on that magnificent documentary on RTE last night about Christy Ring and about just how huge a star he was and just how he easily was the best to have ever taken a hurling ball into his hand. And he was he was one of ours. Uh, and I laughed a little bit. I didn't laugh. I kind of said, yeah, that was big. At the time when Ringy left Cloyne Club, and moved to the Glen. Like that was that was as big as someone leaving Arsenal and going to Manchester United. That was a massive change. And that was a big, big story for but what I was thinking at the time because I was scheduled to talk to my next guest today. He also left one club and joined another. He left a place called Eadstown in County Kildare and joined Castlehaven in West Cork and went on to win three county titles three Munster titles and with Cork six Munster titles two All-Irelands a National Football League and three All-Stars and he also captained Cork uh, in the double in 1990 he was the football captain Larry Tompkins good morning to you Good morning PJ how are you? Good 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 and there are those there are those who would put you up there with Ring as one of the greatest to ever put on the red jersey of Cork Well thank you thank you I was watching that last night and I think that you know listening to his uh, the image of Christy Ring and the obsession I think if you're to make anything of yourself as a sports person or as anything else I think apart from the training that the club or the county might do, you always have to be doing that bit extra. And, uh, you know, you're seeing Christy last night and he going to work and he bringing the hurley with him. And, yeah. you know, as it was my mother, the Lord of Mercy, and our, uh, PJ, and my father used to say that I, that I was a lunatic and doing mad doing things like that. But, uh, look, it's, 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 it's in you or it's not. And you try to get the best out of yourself and you just try to do anything possible to try and be the best. And, uh, look, I've had an incredible journey and just, uh, massively, massively privileged to have played with a county like Cork, you know. Remind us again how you got here because you're a Kildare man and, and you, you played with Kildare. How did you come to play for Cork? Yeah, uh, look, it's, um, Look, I, I was unemployed. I, I was a carpenter by trade and I got an opportunity to go to um, to New York, uh, emigrate to New York uh, when I was 20 years of age. I thought that was really, the, I suppose, a, a, a real defining part of my life because when you arrive there, you, Narchi, it's, it's, it's big, it's vibrant, it's loads of opportunities. And for my trade, it was just brilliant. So, look, I settled in brilliantly. I loved it. I thought I'd never come out of it. 
But then I was playing with lads uh, from Cork, from Castlehaven. They were playing with Donegal Club over there. We were all playing with Donegal Club over there. It was a massive time, massive period of time in New York in the 80s where you had five to 10,000 people and maybe turning up to Gaelic Park of a Sunday. Mm. It was an incredible um, meeting of Irish people, Irish immigrants. You didn't have to play the game, hurling or football. But um, people just congregated there, PJ. They just love coming there and meeting people. You wouldn't know who you'd, you'd meet and, and Greece and, 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 and see. So, look, I was thrilled. I was happy to be there. I was. Uh, I thought I was going to be there for a long time. But, look, I met these lads that I played with that were from that little club that you mentioned there, Castle Avon. And equally, like... They had an obsession like that someday that maybe they'd come home and to try and win a county title uh, with Castle Avon, which they had never done. So they grew on me. They chipped away at me. They like to come back with them. And look, it, it, it just ended like that. I I was three, three and a half years in, in New York at the time and hadn't been home. And um, just a craving maybe to meet, to see my mother and my family. And um, just took the chance to come over to come over with them and transfer to them transfer with them and the idea of like playing with Cork was never was never there it was to play with Castlehaven and um, mm. just come over and just things just transpired yeah. and just um, I was asked by Billy Morgan and Frank Murphy would have come up and um, play with Cork and see how it went and it just took off in 1987 and um, and three years later yeah, captaining one of the double teams yeah, look, it was a massive honour, and uh, you know, again, like that time, the club uh, had 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 uh, the honour of, of of nominating uh, a captain, so they, they nominated me to Captain Cork in, in 1990, which was a, a tremendous honour, and uh, you know, something I'll never forget. Yeah, I remember a headline going around, Larry. Uh, you'd done your cruciate at one time, didn't you? I did, I did. I don't, I don't them, actually. You did both of them, that's uh, right, yeah. yeah. But I remember the first one. It was front-page news on the Cork Examiner. Like, yeah, look... <laughs> it was it, incredible. Yeah, look, it was... Um, and and it's funny, like, because, um, you know, we wouldn't have heard of these probably injuries back in the old days. Made to happen, maybe, and people just eventually had to give up. Uh, but I suppose I was one of the... The earlier ones that kind of came across, or, or, or was unlucky to kind of um, encounter this injury, and um, this happened in the All Ireland final uh, with about 15 minutes to go, and in the All Ireland final again, Mead, and and um, look, I I spent a lot of time like uh, I didn't want my book, my autobiography, to to kind of go into uh, kind of detailing games all the time because I just feel like that maybe people would get bored. PJ of, of reading about old games, games and yeah. repetition so I hope my book is a journey like and I, yeah. I, I had just a ma- massive experience and all those various that. adventures and moving from, from Kildare to New York and back to Castlehaven and getting called up for Cork and all that, that that's all there Larry and and the book is out since the autumn but are you doing, are you doing a, a sale this weekend? Yeah look it's we, we, we couldn't with the way things were and the restrictions. I was hoping to have the launch uh, in Parky Eve on the end of September, but unfortunately that couldn't go ahead. And um, look, the book has been out since then. It's it's naturally it's in all the, 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 the prominent bookshops and it's in a bookshop just around the corner from me as well, Twilight, and they're all signed there as well inside in that shop. But look, tomorrow I'm uh, in my pub, outside my pub. My pub, unfortunately, is not open. 
due to the restrictions. But I'm outside my pub from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock tomorrow. If anybody wants to come along, I will be. I can personalise, sign anything that they might want on it or whatever they like on it. Uh, please, God, that they, they will enjoy the read and uh, and the book will be good. Please, God, for Christmas coming up over the next the, week. The book is called week. Believe, and I think that was always your motto, wasn't it, Larry? Keep on believing. Well, I think it's it's a motto we all use, uh, PJ. You know, no matter what uh, you encounter in life, like and. Look, my story uh, kind of evaporates into my family life and my daughter, who has been probably the brave heart of all the story in the book. Uh, my my daughter had to encounter six operations through Crumlin Hospital, like, and Crumlin Hospital became part of our lives. Like, and yeah. um, just uh, look, um, you can be the toughest and hardest person in the world. You can be go out on the biggest days of your life and play. You can walk in the hardest places in the world. But I think when you're wheeling your daughter in initially when she's four and a half and she's having an operation, um, I think then, you know, that toughness becomes a reality and uh, you believe and you go down to the little chapel in Crumlin and you pray to Almighty God like that everything will be okay. But look, uh, tremendous people and we try to help out as much as we can uh, to the hospital and to other charities which are which are tremendous throughout uh, my career and um, always, always have a soft spot for the amount of people that have really contributed enormously towards me. Larry, listen, always a pleasure to talk to you and as soon as we get the pub open again, I will be in for a pint and I look forward to reading the book in full over the Christmas. Take care of yourself. That's Larry Tompkins, the great Larry Tompkins. His book called Believe. He's selling it tomorrow outside the pub uh, from 12 to 3 and he'll sign it in all for you. Great guy. Great guy. And a great pub with a great point. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Sir, reactions coming into Peter from earlier on. An incredibly brave guy to tell his story like that, and we thank him for doing so. 1850 A couple more theme tunes to get to as well. We'll stop. Don't worry, Terry. Ter- I'll, I'll, I'll shove them all in. I promise. I promise. One of the things that has got us through both lockdowns, I think, but for me personally, especially the first one, was music. And one of the things that we featured an awful lot on the Opinion Line back during the first lockdown was music and various ways in which people were using music to get themselves through. And I was looking at this next uh, item that we're doing and I said, yeah, music really did pull us through lockdown when it was dull and it was scary and it was uncertain and we had no idea what we were going to have to get used to and, and how long we were going to have to used to it for. And two things came to mind this morning first of all, was this which happened on the balcony of an apartment in Paris during the first lockdown. from across the street and then this guy 
This went completely viral. This fella on a balcony on a dull evening and the sun was going down over Milan. Up on a balcony. It was magical musical moments like that that got us through lockdown. And I think for a lot of people who like to sing, I haven't a note in me poll, not a note in me head, but for people who like to sing and like to make music, it was that who got them through, or what got them through. Catherine McGuinness is the Honorary President of Aging Voices. Catherine, good morning. Good morning. Music has been very difficult to make during lockdown, particularly for choirs. There's another line gone. Check and see which one is there is gone there, Terry. Music has been is it is it three or is it is it four or is it one? Because someone dropped it, I'm not too sure which. But uh, I'll try to bring Catherine in on line one. Catherine, are you there? Yes. That's yes, grand. I'm yes. here. Yeah. Yes, it's been very choir. difficult to make music for anybody in a choir during Absolutely. either lockdown. Yes, yes. You see, it's all very well if you're singing from a balcony at a distance. Yes. But uh, of course, under strict rules, we're not allowed to sing in choirs not up close to each other. And mm. um, to somebody like myself who has sung in the choir for all my long life, non stop, as it were, no matter what, through various different times in my life I have always sung in the choir it was something that I missed terribly yeah. at the beginning of the lockdown How often would you sing in a choir Catherine normally? Well I would always rehearse once a week at least Right. and uh, we would have concerts in the National Concert Hall uh, twice a year usually uh, I mean, it was a choral society but I belonged to the Colwick Choral Society and as such we were then part of Sing Ireland which was the kind of joint body that helps all the choirs to kind of come together and Choirs of all sorts of different kinds, choirs that sing classical music, choirs that sing popular music, choirs that are helping people with dementia to sing together, which is a great thing. All kinds of choirs and all of them can join and sing Ireland, which is, you know, has held us together a bit during the lockdown because we're actually not allowed to sing, not at least not to sing together. And it's not the same on Zoom. Oh, it's not the same on Zoom, no. I mean, all the same. It's worth a try on Zoom. I mean, yeah. the Cogwick has, uh, we have been trying to sing on Zoom. And, we, you know, you make a, a bit of a go of it. But the difficulty is that, of course, there's time difference between uh, the person in one place and the person in another place. You know, it doesn't work out. Uh, they don't come together awfully well, so this is, it's not the best. But it's, a be- it's at least it keeps us together and keeps us seeing each other and keeps us from going mad from loneliness, as it were. Yeah. Because quite a lot of us would live alone, as I do myself. And, uh, you know, you miss the, the friendship of the choir as well as the music. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is such a social thing for people. It's it's not just it's about singing and about practicing. It, it, it is the social thing and it's been so badly missed. Also, Catherine, I'm bringing in an 11-year-old Juliet here. Juliet, good morning to you. Hi, you. You're part, or you were part of Crinunanog. What was that? Oh, yeah. Um, it was a really fun um, video that we made, and loads of people joined in. And um, it was, we sang Oro Shade of Ahawalia. Yes. And it's uh, like a really good song, and it's really nice. Yeah. 
And you're part of the Performers Academy. You, you almost love singing. Yeah, I love singing and it's so much fun. Did you miss all your friends that you sing with? Yeah, it's it's really different because all my like friends, because you can only have a maximum of six people in a class. I'm not in a class that all my friends are in and everything. So it's really different. Yeah, like how do you feel when you're singing? What kind of feeling does it give? really nice it just it's just so much fun like hearing the music it's just really nice feeling yeah now there's you at 11 and Catherine I, I won't ask your age but you are retired <laughs> I don't mind whether you do or not <laughs> I, reti- I, re- I retired I retired I'm not so I'm so old now that it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah but p- p- people will remember you you were a retired judge of course that, that's uh, the, the, that's the right, voice yes, the voice well, is... I've retired quite a long time now because yeah. uh, you have to retire when well I had to retire when I was 72 because yeah. that was what the law said and yeah. uh, um, I was lucky to be able to stay on that long because a lot of other people have to have to retire at yeah. 70 yeah. Uh, which nowadays is quite a young age it is. It is. For, for both young and old though singing and choirs and performing has been it's, it's, it's such an important part of your life and Sing Ireland is encouraging all generations to sing together oh absolutely yes yes um, they're great. They they really and um, they uh, they're full of energy. Sing Ireland somehow, uh, and that's great during this uh, lockdown and, and uh, our even during our little escapes that we get. Because even when they um, we're not at the highest level of lockdown, we're still told that singing is dangerous. At least singing together is dangerous. Yes. It doesn't, of course, stop me from singing around when I'm baking a cake or singing you know, singing on my own but it's not the same thing as being able to sing together yeah yeah you'd feel the same would you Julia Catherine with her friends and her group as aging voices that you you miss your friends singing on your own isn't the same yeah it's not the same and it's just really fun singing with the choir and every year the performance academy choir we sing in the snowman with Cork youth orchestra oh, yes yes and it's just so much fun. Yes. You'd be singing a lot this Christmas, would you? Normally. Yeah, we'd be doing like mm. shows and concerts and the snowman and it's just so Christmassy and fun, but we can't do it this year. Yeah. Catherine, would you be singing a lot around Christmas? Oh, yes. There's always lots of carol singing and always have been. I mean, I was brought up to that and... Uh, you know, uh, as it happens, my father was a clergyman, so of course, if anybody was going to sing in the church choir, I was. <laughs> and, uh, that's the way life was. But I mean, in any case, my mother was a beautiful singer, so that, uh, you know, I inherited the love of singing from her. Yeah. And I would have certainly been singing at the same age as Juliet is now, and uh, just the same about it as she does. Yeah. T- tell, tell me finally about what Aging Voices hopes to achieve going forward, because it looks as if with restrictions, you know, we're not going to be able to have choirs for a few months at least. So what are, what are the plans for the foreseeable future? Well, I think we just have to keep practicing a bit as best we can at home because your voice would deteriorate if you just don't practice. Uh, As long as you keep on singing, now, there are exercises that you can do. 
uh, that, uh, in fact, single and um, uh, discussion that I took part in there recently, where the other person in the discussion was an expert on how to maintain your voice when you got older, which was really interesting and very good to listen to. Uh, and I certainly remember that Edgar Deal, who was a very famous uh, singer in in the uh, choral society that I sing in, the Colwick, he went on singing in the choir until he was well over 90. And uh, he was a fine bass and he was a great musician, did a lot of arranging of music and so on. Yeah. So I don't think you need to drop out all that early yeah. unless something extraordinary happens to your yeah. boys. Well, well, Juliet, you have a long singing career ahead of you, we hope, and Catherine, you're, you you can sing on for as long as you can breathe. <laughs> and, well, and best... I hope so. I hope I won't get thrown out. Anymore. I don't think anyone will throw you out. They're not going to, no, no, no one's <laughs> going to throw a judge out of anything. Uh, Juliet, good luck to you uh, with your future, and, uh, and Catherine, thank you for everything uh, you do for music uh, over the years. It's great to just keep people singing, and even if you have to sing on your own, uh, get involved with something. Uh, the joy of music that got us through the first first phase. Speaking of, of music, can we... Yeah, this is another one of these. This wasn't exactly one of my favourites, but I do remember it very, very well. Yeah, Sister Sister was a big one. There's a few suggestions of these coming in. For example, here's one. I know this is this is probably the Queen Bee's favourite comedy show ever. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic. It's King of Queens. Leah Rimini. Another show you definitely would not be able to get away with these days because of the jokes in it, but still it was fun. 1850-715-996. Oh, really? Yeah, this one. We forget this one. This was such a massive hit. Yeah. Moscow. Yeah, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. All right. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See Motors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833969696. On Cork's 96FM. All right, finishing up Friday, we had loads to get through today and I have one or two more bits of television music to play for you as well. But uh, finishing up on a Friday, this side of Christmas, we've been getting festive with Fiona every week. And this week she went to Ballyheda National School, which is just outside Ballinhasig, and met some of the students there because, well, they could do no nativity play. They had to cancel it, so they were all very disappointed. But... A local singer by the name of Lorraine Flourish came up with an idea. And just as we've been talking about music and song, well, that's what's been going on. The show must go on at Ballyheda. Nativity plays 
and Christmas concerts in schools have been cancelled this year because of COVID-19. The pupils of Ballyheeda National School say it's been very disappointing. Every third class would be acting and then everyone else would be singing. Not this year. Yeah, because it's my last year in school. I was kind of a bit sad because it's really fun to do it. Third class, they get to do, like, they get to be Joseph and Mary, and I always wanted to be Mary, but now I can't. But then local singer Lorraine Flourish came along and saved the day. She got a group of children to record Christmas songs at home, and the videos were sent to her via WhatsApp. She put them all together, along with the voices of the local choir, to make a special Christmas video. I kind of knew in the back of my head all summer I would love to do something for the school and for the kids and give back to the community as well. So um, I said it to the Parents Association that I could do something for them because I knew the nativity carols and plays wouldn't go ahead because I'd be following all the guidelines Sing Ireland have been giving to us. Um, So I knew the risks associated with singing in the classroom. So I came up with this for them and um, I typed up strict instructions for parents to follow. <laughs> I'm sure they were delighted with me. And how did they get on with that? So my mom recorded me and I hummed the first verse of Silent Night and then we'd have to sing it. What kind of a video person is your mom? Well, she fell off the bike and her arm was like broken, so she had to hold it with that hand and she, it was like really hurting, so it kept on shaking. I was a little bit nervous of singing, but um, I got over it. My mom recorded me. I don't know, I just nervous in front of family members singing and stuff. My mom helped me and it took two hours because there was a lot of noise going on downstairs. So what did they think of the final production? Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Do you think that it was a good alternative then to the nativity play? Yeah, I did. Because, like, there wasn't really anything else you could do. I thought it was great, and my brother, he started laughing. It's just, like, there are these effects on it, and he thought they are a little bit funny. I thought it was really good. Lorraine says the video means a lot to her, and she hopes it brings joy to the whole community. It's more than what I thought it was going to be, as in when I saw the photographs of the kids in their pods. I kind of got tearful and I said, you know what, I mean, this is a moment in time that that won't be forgotten, but we can show that we can, like, with resilience, we can push forward and take it as a curveball, but, like, you know, singing can still happen, but we'll just do it an alternative route and come together and just celebrate the children and their resilience and the magic of Christmas most of all. Her family feature in the video with a recording of her son Stuart and her dad Patrick. And dad tell us about the night you saw Santa Claus. Oh please again. If you promise to sing me your song after. I loaded it up to um, YouTube, so if you search Ballyheda Christmas 2020 um, school, you'll, you'll find it. And um, I just thought it'd be great because, you know, the grandparents can't come, even my own mom and dad can't come out to us for Christmas. So I just thought, you know what, this is something they can see and hear as well, and everybody else who can't meet the grandkids or their nieces and nephews. Um, so it's just really reaching out to the community and to the wider community. That's lovely, the kids in Ballyhead uh, making the best of it.
for the Christmas season as we as we all are. Listen, before I go, I need to do this. This is a tweet that came in from Evan on Twitter. Uh, long shot, but is anyone trustworthy flying from DC to Cork or from Cork to DC and back over the next month or so? I can't make it back for my dad's funeral and I just want a few personal effects to comfort me until I'm vaccinated and I can travel. Now, we were talking to Evan, and she said she can't stop sobbing. Her dad's death wasn't COVID-related, very unexpected. He was my dad and my best friend and my champion. He loved Cork. He stayed here for several weeks every year, doing his shopping at the English market and having hot cocoa in the cafes. He loved Colin's butcher and always had the chat to them. And he'd get enough Flynn's. And he loved Bradley's on North Main Street. And he loved Chinay on the corner house for the music. I was in the mercy for a month for a surgery. He did all the shopping. Got to know his Cork friends. He went to Fenn's Key for a hot chocolate. He missed me, but loved that I made Cork my home and that I'm raising his grandsons here. He loved the steak at Brick Lane and the desserts at Greens. His love and enthusiasm for Cork was a comfort as I made my new home here. That's such a sad little story. If you can help, Evan, do get in touch with us. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.